You know, all those amazing things you want to accomplish, those awesome successes that you want to celebrate. What's your plan to get there? This week on the Successful-ish podcast, I'm sharing my process for creating and sticking to a successful quarterly plan. Another day, another task, think fast with a whole nother mission complete. Successful-ish. Pick up the weight, press on, and act on the visions to see. I'm successful-ish. Sit back and bask in the glory of all the goals I achieved. Successful-ish. Lose a stack, get it back, reinvest, hope, wait, then I roll up my sleeve. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Successful-ish. I'm Sarah Michelle, and today I'm going to talk about one of my favorite, least favorite things, and that is quarterly planning. I am admittedly not really, well, I don't know. I was going to say that I am not a planner, but that's not always true. I am um, what some friends have referred to as a walking contradiction. And I actually think that's one of the best compliments. That's one of my favorite phrases that anyone has ever used to describe me. And I, there's a lot of things that I can say that I am and I'm not that makes me seem like I'm at odds with myself. And really, I think that I just am very into nuance and discernment and there's a time for everything. And in some ways, I feel like I I am pretty good at planning. I've always been pretty good. If I have a specific goal in mind, um, if it's a financial goal, if it's a business goal, uh, if there is something I really want to accomplish, I've been pretty good at having a plan. I, however, am not the type A OCD plan for everything kind of person. Um, I am very much like if I go on a vacation or a trip, I have a very general plan. I have certain things that I know that I want to see, and maybe there's certain dates that I have to be certain places. But for the most part, outside of that kind of broad plan, I don't really have any specifics. I kind of just go wherever the road signs look interesting and wherever life takes me. And I also feel like if there's one thing that I have really learned in life, it's that uh, making plans is great, but um, plans do not guarantee success. And there have been a lot of beautiful plans that I have had in my life, both big plans, little plans that have just been completely blown to shit. And I think that while knowing how to have a plan is an attribute of success, I think learning how to adapt and be resilient and roll with the punches when a plan goes completely out the window, I think that is a bigger attribute to success. And That's a whole other conversation that we can have another time. But when it comes to planning, I feel like everyone is a little bit different. Everyone is wired a little differently. There are some people who just need all the details. There are some people who need a big picture. And I think a lot of it comes down to just knowing how you work, how your brain works, and what's going to help you stay motivated. So I want to describe this process of quarterly planning as descriptive, not prescriptive. Um, If this works for you, awesome. If there is another way that works for you that you like better, 
awesome. Uh, share it with us, send it in an email, embrace the ish at gmail.com post it to our social channels, because we are all about learning and hearing other people's experiences. But I want to talk a little bit about my process for quarterly planning. And this is something that, um, I think is more common or more referred to more commonly in the entrepreneur world. So I can tell you that I never had a quarterly plan before owning my own business. I had sort of rough goals that I went after, and maybe I had certain career ambitions, but I never had any kind of really formal plan until I started my own business. And I, I knew about the traditional business plan. I knew that you needed to have some kind of strategy or roadmap to work towards. And I've often talked to my mentors about this, that I am really good at the big picture plan. I'm very good at the end goal. And I'm very good at starting off. It's those middle steps, those toddler steps that I really struggle with. And a lot of times the reason that I am not successful in what I do is not because I don't have a good plan. It's not because I'm not talented. It's because I am trying to get to the end of the plan without filling out the middle. And this has just been a common thing. And I remember talking to a mentor one time who was very brutally honest with me. And I was telling them my, my plan. And I was telling them about branding and everything that I was doing in my business. And I gave off all these examples of like, well, you know, this is how Sarah Blakely brands herself, even though she owns Spanx. And this is how Steve Jobs brands himself. And this is how Disney branded himself. And um, this is how Donald Miller brands himself with story brand. And I had all these examples and she kind of just looked at me and was like, well, Sarah, they did a lot of stuff before they did that. No one knows you. No one knows who you are. Like you have to introduce yourself to people before you can establish a brand like that. And it was really good, really humbling advice. And I think that it can be challenging because I do think that we sort of have to keep that that end goal in mind. But I also think we have to hold it with a loose hand. And I think that when it comes to planning and goals, it's this delicate balance of having something that we're moving towards, knowing roughly how we're going to get there, but also being okay that maybe we'll end up in a detour and maybe we'll end up accomplishing something else that wasn't in our original plan, but is still awesome. Or maybe we will take a detour and get more life experience that will help us reach that end goal. So I think that there's a lot of flexibility and fluidity needed. And when I started my own business and really started drilling things back and figuring out how I was going to accomplish these things, that's really where quarterly planning came in. And it, it came in a lot with working with different clients too, because sometimes it's easier to see things for other people than it is for ourselves. And I would have a lot of clients come in and tell me, their end goal or kind of loosely what they wanted to accomplish, but they had never thought about how they were going to get there. And so we would start sort of at the end and say, okay, let's bring it back a step. What needs to happen to get there? And then what needs to happen to make that happen? And then what needs to happen to make that happen? And a lot of times we can get discouraged and kind of keep ourselves from success because we feel like it's unattainable, but really we just haven't backtracked far enough. We're trying to climb a ladder by just jumping to the top 
rung of the ladder rather than realizing, okay, maybe the next step, maybe what I can do today is reach out and network to 10 new people. Or maybe what I can do today is take a nap or meditate and clear my head and restore my energy. Or maybe what I can do today is pitch one client. There are little things that we can do. And these little micro decisions, these micro steps are actually mostly responsible for the big success. And if you listen to anyone who talks about their success and their stories, you'll find they all say the same thing. It was really built on habits and then having those habits and doing the work so that when they had the opportunity to get lucky, they were able to make the most of it and take advantage of it. So when it comes to setting a quarterly plan, the reason that I like to do this by a quarter is because long-term, farther than that, seems unattainable. It seems too far out. I think that we need to have deadlines to make stuff happen. And I think that um, one of my favorite sayings, uh, much to my parents' dismay, one of my favorite sayings is that if you wait until the last minute, it will only take you a minute. And I firmly believe that however much time you have to do something, you'll do it. I mean, there's been times where I have thought, okay, it's going to take me hours to clean. And then there's been times where people have called me and said, Hey, I'm coming over. And somehow I have managed to clean in a very quick amount of time. Um, I have had my back pressed against the wall before where I, I have felt like I turned over every rock and I couldn't find, uh, an apartment to live in, or I couldn't find, um, income. I couldn't find a client or I couldn't find a job or whatever. And as soon as my back was against the wall and I had no other option, I somehow was able to do it. And I think that there is some stubborn part of us that just really needs a, needs some kind of a restriction or boundary and able to really make something happen. So I think that a year is too far out to be thinking of all the time. I think that it is helpful to sort of know loosely what you want to accomplish overall and what you want to happen in a year. But I think that we need to focus on a smaller chunk. And while I do think that we, it's helpful to check in every month and break it down and have your daily to-do list, your weekly, your monthly, the reason that I quarterly plan is because for most messages, especially in business or marketing, most things take about 90 days to get traction. And a lot of times the reason that we are not successful is because we abandon the ship too early. It's, we think it's not moving fast enough. So we, we jump off and whether we are trying to advance in a career or we're trying to grow a business or we're trying to market either ourselves or a product or whatever it is, Often we need to give something a long enough time to actually give it time to work, to figure out if it works. And if it's not working to figure out what we need to change. So a quarter is a good amount of time to just sort of look at, okay, in the months of January to March, what can I accomplish? And then in the months of April through June, what can I accomplish? And when we break it up that way, it sort of helps pace ourselves throughout the year. So the first place that I like to start is having a really clear mission and a contagious vision. And the best way that I can describe the difference between mission and vision is that your mission is what you're here for. 
And your vision is what you want to be remembered for. So your mission is really like, what is that thing, that why of why you started? Why do you exist? What do you want in this life? And it becomes your compass so that everything that you're doing, you can track back to that statement and say, is this helping me accomplish my mission? And if it's not, maybe that's not a good use of time and maybe we can let that go. So having a really clear mission is the starting point because you really need to know what ultimately are you after? Why are you doing this? Why are you getting out of bed every day? Why are you working? Why are you showing up every day? And your vision, what you want to be remembered for, it should be something that's contagious. How will the world be a better place as a result of what you're doing? How will the world be a little bit better because of you showing up and making this happen? And I think that the vision often is what keeps us motivated. I think that when we have a clear mission and a contagious vision, that's generally sort of the, um, almost like the energy drink that we need when we're feeling uh, lethargic or we're feeling discouraged or we're just feeling tired and kind of like, why am I doing this? I don't enjoy this. If we can have a really strong mission and vision, that's going to reinvigorate us to keep going. So once you have that figured out and some of the questions that you can ask, um, if you don't have a clear mission or vision, uh, when you're thinking about your mission, sort of ask, what is the main problem that you want to solve or who is the person that you want to serve? Um, why is it that you started your business? Why is it that you show up in the career that you're in and whether it's a mission for your company or just a personal mission, I think every person needs to have a personal mission that they're attached to, whether they're utilizing that in a career or whether they're using that, um, to launch their business or a company. I think we all have something that we need to just keep us aligned with what we're doing and to remind us why we're showing up every day. And when we think about a vision, really think about um, what are the long-term effects of me doing this? What are the consequences of me not doing this? How do you imagine the world looking differently once you are successful with what you're doing? So once you sort of have that compass in place, start at the end and work backwards. So what are some of your big, more vague goals? And maybe that is your, your big goal of, I want to retire in my forties, or I want to, um, have a multimillion dollar business, or I want to be, um, the world renowned expert in whatever topic you want to be a world renowned expert in, or whatever those big, big goals are, where do you see the finish line and then kind of work backwards from that, which of those goals can you accomplish this year? What is something that you can accomplish this year? What is something that you want to focus on? And then from that, think about what really needs to be prioritized because we can't do everything, but we can do some things and we can do some things really well. So think about what needs to be prioritized and then break out a focus for each quarter. So for example, I might have a quarter where I'm really focused on growing my business and getting new clients, or I might have a quarter where I'm really focused on PR and just getting my name out there, getting the message out. 
Um, I might have a focus on writing. So, you know, I, I had a big focus on writing at the end of last year and I wrote a book and I wrote a whole bunch of content and, um, I prepped for all of these successful-ish episodes. So you can sort of narrow in a focus that you're really going to lean into for each quarter and then make your big to-do list, like write down everything that is going to bug you if it doesn't get out of your head and start to think about no more than five of those goals to prioritize each quarter. And if you finish those five, let's say that you knock those five out in the first month. Awesome bump up some of the other ones, but let's not overwhelm ourselves. Pick five goals that are lofty, but attainable. So when you're thinking about these goals, you want to start by writing down five things that you really want to accomplish that quarter. And then you want to make sure that they are what's referred to as smart goals. And you can use any acronym you want. You don't necessarily have to use the smart goal system, but You want to make sure that these goals are something that you can quantify. You want to make sure that they are specific. So nothing vague. Um, If, for example, let's say that one of your goals is to lose weight. Well, that's a very vague goal. How much weight do you want to lose? How do you plan on losing that weight? When do you plan on losing that weight? So instead of saying my goal is to lose weight, maybe your goal is I am going to aim to lose 10 pounds by February by swimming every day. That's an attainable goal. That's something that you can actually do without having to think about it. And I think that sometimes the struggle with our goals is that they're just a little too ambiguous. So we know it's a goal. We know it's nagging at us, but we don't actually know how to make that happen. And so every day our brain is like, man, I don't have time to think about this. I don't have time to think about how I'm going to lose weight. I don't have time to think about how I'm going to make more revenue in my business. I don't have time to think about how I'm going to get a promotion or, you know, write a book, become a best-selling author, whatever it is. So drill it backwards. You know, maybe your goal is to become a best-selling author. Great. What does it take to make that happen? Well, you have to write a book. Okay. So maybe in quarter one, you focus on writing at least 10 chapters. Maybe that's your goal in Q1. You're going to write 10 chapters. So then you can drill it back and make a plan. Okay. What needs to happen to get those 10 chapters? Do you need to do research? Do you need to talk to people? Do you need to make a book outline? Do you need to buy a whole bunch of pencils and paper? Do you, what do you need to make that happen? So you want to make sure that when you're thinking about these five things that you're going to accomplish, there are things that you can actually do, but you are going to have to show up to do so lofty, but attainable. You want to make sure that they're specific. Um, they're really detailed with what it is exactly that you're going to accomplish. They are measurable what is, how are you going to measure this? When is it going to be accomplished by, how can you quantify this? Is it attainable? Is this something that you actually can do in a quarter's time? And if it's not drill it back to an earlier step of something that you can attain, is it relevant? Does this align with your mission and vision? And is it timely? 
So super important to think about that when you're thinking about what you want to accomplish. And then once you have your five goals, you can start to assign needs. So think about what kind of time and dollars budget is needed to make this happen. So for example, one of my goals uh, for the first quarter was to finish every episode of the Successfulish podcast for the year so that I can have it pre-recorded. Awesome. Great goal. Well, now I need to think about, okay, what is needed to make this happen? Well, first of all, if every episode is about an hour, some of them are a little shorter, but if on average, every episode is about an hour. Okay. That's what 52 hours right there just of recording. So I need, I know that I need at least 52 hours to make this happen besides the recording. Okay. What else is needed? Well, I also need time to come up with the prep questions to contact the guests, to figure out the scheduling, to confirm everyone, to create all of the social media content, to schedule the social media content. So let's say that adds, I don't know, 20 hours to what I'm doing at least. So now I know, okay, I have about 80 or 90 hours at minimum to make this happen. So this can help me plan into my schedule so that I know exactly what's needed. So it's really important to know realistically how much time is going to be involved to make something happen, how much money is going to be needed to make something happen, and if there's other people involved. So for example, um, going back to the successful as I figured out how much time was needed, I am very fortunate that because I do all of this myself um, and I have an awesome producer who um, that's really the only expense. So it's pretty limited in terms of what dollars are needed. Um, And then I had to think about what other people are needed or what resources are needed. And so from there, I was able to reach out to different people that I wanted to talk to. I invited them, you know, hey, I would love to chat with you. So I had to come up with individualized pitch letters for everyone. I reached out. I had a few introductory calls. And then I had to put together the schedule of, okay, how am I going to arrange all this in the year, all these conversations? How am I going to put them together? So there were a lot of different pieces to figure out. And by breaking it down that way, I was able to accomplish this mission within a quarter because that's how I set it up. So I think it's really important to think about not just what your goals are, but also what is your responsibility and obligation to making these goals happen? And that's a part of making sure that it's attainable and that these goals are realistic. And maybe you have a goal, but you know, realistically, you're just not going to be able to commit to making that a priority right now. That's totally okay. Put it on the back burner, put it on the bottom of the list for another time and bump another goal up that you can accomplish that will help you get to where you want to go. So that's really how I structure putting together a quarterly plan. I sort of start at the end and I figure out where I want to end up. I look at where I am now and then I fill in the backwards pieces all the way back. So step-by-step, I break down what needs to happen and whatever those five first steps are, those are the goals that I focus on. And then at the end of each quarter, I think it's also important to look back at our goals and evaluate firstly, are we happy? Like, do we need to change the trajectory? And that's totally okay. There's been times that I have run after goals. And once I get closer to it, I realize, you know, I thought that's what I wanted, 
but I don't actually, I think I want to go this way instead. And it is totally okay to take a different path and reevaluate. And it's okay to look at what's working and what's not working. So look at your goals and look at, okay, were there goals that you didn't reach? What were the reasons that you didn't reach them? Was it because they were too ambiguous? Was it because they were too far out and you needed earlier goals? Was it because you were lazy? or unmotivated or resistant and just really didn't want to do the work to accomplish it, whatever it might be, be honest with yourself about why something is or isn't working. And looking back at everything that you've done in a quarter, it's helpful for a lot of different reasons. For one, it helps you make sure that you are staying on track. You are accomplishing goals and it's helping you figure out what's working and what's not working. It also reminds you that you're moving forward. And for me, that's really important. And I know that I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I can often feel discouraged and sort of just sit in the ambiguity of unmet goals or unmet potential or unmet dreams. And it's really important for me to be able to write down tangible things that I can do that can help me reach those goals and to be able to look back at the end of the quarter and say, wow, okay, I actually did accomplish everything that I set out to accomplish. And oftentimes that boosts my confidence enough where now I step up my goals a little bit. And I realize, well, if I was able to do that and a lot of times too, I'll finish my quarterly goals within a month. And so now I get to think, okay, well, if that only took a month, how can I do this better next month? How many more goals can I accomplish? And it is a very cool feeling at the end of the quarter to look back and say, look at all the steps I took to get closer to my dream. Look at all these things that I accomplished. And I think it's also important with that to realize that it's not all about metrics. And I tell a lot of my clients this, particularly in the world of social media, because we get so hung up on success metrics and I think that numbers are important. I think that it's important to know um, what's in your bank account. I think it's important to know how many people are hanging out with you in your online communities. I think it's important to know how many customers you have. But I also think that we can be so focused on the masses that we miss the one. And I can tell you, there's been several times that I have talked to business owners that have these lofty ambitions to become thought leaders or speakers or really successful business people. And because I am not flashy and exciting and celebrity enough, I get ignored and disregarded. It's almost like, even though I am trying to hire them, I'm trying to engage. I like their story. I like hearing them speak. I want to promote them. It's like, I'm not exciting enough. And a lot of times what happens with that attitude is, well, now I'm, I'm not impressed with this person. And I had this experience not that long ago. I had someone reach out to me on LinkedIn and I'm normally pretty good about knowing when they're, when it's automated. Um, but this is a very well-written direct mail. So I did not realize that it was automated and, I responded and said, yeah, I'd be happy to connect and, you know, hear what you're doing and work. And we had a connect call. We scheduled a time to talk and they immediately asked me if I was uh, an event booker, like, do I book for speaking events? And I said, no. And I was like, you know, I host a podcast. So I do sometimes look for people to do that. 
And they immediately just jumped into, well, you know, if you would like to have me on your podcast, here's my information. And I said, okay, well, great. Like, do you want to tell me a little bit about your story? Do you want to talk or connect? And, um, this person was very, very short with me. They weren't really engaging. They didn't ask me any questions about myself. They didn't really seem to care about what the podcast was about. All they wanted was another microphone to amplify their voice. And frankly, it came off as narcissistic and rude and kind of a waste of my time. So here's someone that I could have had a relationship with. I could have amplified to everyone listening to the podcast. And instead I'm completely turned off. And I think a lot of times we underestimate the power of word of mouth. One person is all it takes because one person who thinks that you did a fabulous job can refer you to other people. And I love uh, watching shows like the home edit on Netflix. I'm such a nerd. I will spend my Friday night watching shows about closet organization. But what I love about it is that Reese Witherspoon found the owners of this company through Instagram, found them through an Instagram post and reached out and had them organize her um, like memorabilia and that's one voice of influence and word got out. And now they organize for all kinds of different celebrities. And, you know, I think sometimes we underestimate the power of the one. And I think that it is really important when we're thinking about metrics, that it's not all about the numbers and how many people know that we exist or how many people are following or liking. I think a lot of it is what kind of impact are we making? What kind of relationships are we building? And I think that it is infinitely more important to go deep rather than wide. And the other thing I'll say about metrics is that a lot of times when it comes to um, numbers or popularity, a lot of it really isn't very accurate. So, um, for example, with social media, right, there's a lot of people who I follow on social media religiously. I love what they do. I tell everyone about them, but I've never liked a post. I've never commented on a post. I've never purchased anything from them, um, but I tell everyone about them. Like I am essentially a brand ambassador that spreads their name to everyone because even if I am not the target market for whatever they're selling, I like them as a person. I want them to do well. And so I think about that often because I, you know, I have a fairly small following. I have not focused on growing that at all. And oftentimes I will find myself sort of wondering if I'm talking to crickets when I don't get a lot of likes or comments on social media posts. And it never fails that I will get these messages. Um, usually every couple of weeks I'll get a message and it's always from someone who is never engaged with a post and I'll get a message that says something like, Hey, Sarah, you know, I, we either don't know each other or we haven't talked since high school or college, like long time. And they'll say, Hey, you know, I, I follow you religiously. I read everything that you write. I'm such a huge fan. This last post that you wrote really inspired me. And I want to share my story about what this opened up for me. And I think that that is so powerful for one, because it reminds me why I show up and post. And I think if our motivation is to show up for the numbers and for the likes and the comments, 
that's just a really empty motivation. And I think it's going to get us burnt out. And I think that if I base my life trying to get likes and comments, like, first of all, the people who live their lives on social media, liking everything, commenting on everything, not exactly the highest caliber of thinkers in the world. Let's just be honest. I think that it's so important to not get so consumed with the narcissism of numbers, but instead to remember why we're doing it in the first place and to care about it and to care about the people that we're talking to. And I feel so honored and privileged each time I get a message from someone who tells me that they have listened to all these podcast episodes and they want to tell me how it's inspired success or how it's inspired change, or they want to tell me how a certain post has inspired them. And I love that. And I don't take that for granted. And I think that that is a really important thing when it comes to thinking about metrics. And the other thing that I will say about that is that oftentimes metrics are an illusion. Um, there's a lot of times that I get invited all the time to be on 30 under 30 lists or, you know, uh, fabulous women in business lists or super awesome, successful CEO lists, all kinds of fancy lists that would make me look a lot cooler than I am. Um, but you got to pay for it. So a lot of times when you're seeing those lists, those articles, um, or even if you're seeing podcasts in the top rankings, there are podcasts who know how to work the system. And I just read something on LinkedIn the other day, someone was bragging about how they had worked the system and their podcast was in the top five podcasts and they hadn't even launched yet. All they had posted was a little um, like 30 second soundbite and they had gotten enough people to click on the soundbite that it made it to the top rankings. So be mindful that numbers are great, but they are not everything. And sometimes they're an illusion and the right people who are worth working with and partnering with, they're going to see through that. So at the end of the day, just do you. And if you are showing up and you're doing your very best every day, trust that that's going to produce the very best results in your life. And the last thing I'll say about this is to, as you're doing the quarterly plan and as you're kind of reviewing the quarterly plan, pay attention to your energy and your enjoyment, pay attention to the resistance. If you find yourself writing down goals and you are not excited about them, and you have a pit in your stomach and you find yourself and it's a week until the end of the quarter and you still haven't started, pay attention to where that resistance is coming from. And if it's coming from fear or laziness or something like that, then address it. But often it's coming because we're doing what we think we're supposed to do and not actually what we're meant to do. We're not in alignment. And our subconscious is very stubborn. It doesn't like to do things that are not in alignment with who we are. So pay attention to that and give yourself permission to change the goals into something that actually inspires you and pay attention to your energy. Do you feel energized doing these things? Do you feel drained doing these things? Do you maybe need to incorporate fun as a goal? And I know that sounds crazy because that should not be a thing, but uh, I think we've all been there where we get so focused on what has to happen, whether we are running a business or managing a career or managing a family, whatever it is, all these responsibilities, we get so focused that we literally forget to have fun. So if you are a workaholic type personality and you are very goal oriented, 
maybe you need to make fun a goal and that is totally okay. Maybe your goal is to, um, hit the beach once a week, or maybe your goal is once a month to go out with friends, whatever it might be. It is okay to have some fun and some rest and to enjoy the life that you are working so dang hard to create. So I hope that that is helpful as you're thinking about putting together a quarterly plan. If you need help putting together a quarterly plan, that is something that I love to do. So feel free to reach out to me and I am always happy to um, schedule a consult and help in any way that I can figure out how to help you reach your dreams. Send me an email at embrace the ish at gmail.com or hang out with me online at successfulish.com or Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn at embrace the ish. Success and failure, none of opposite ends. Curveball hits, gotta know where to bend. The attitude will affect destination. Interview determines when you're gonna make it. Live between successes, makes life rich. Live in every moment, successfulish. Live between successes, makes life rich. Live in every moment, successfulish. Hey, successfulish. Another day, another task. Think fast with a whole nother mission complete. I'm successfulish. Pick up the weight, press on, and act on the visions to see. I'm successfulish. Sit back and bask in the glory of all the goals I achieve. Successfulish. Lose a stack, get it back. Reinvest hope, wait, then I roll up my sleeve. Successfulish. Another day, another task. Think fast with a whole nother mission complete. Successfulish. Pick up the weight, press on, and act on the visions to see. I'm successfulish. Sit back and bask in the glory of all the goals I achieve. Successfulish. Lose a stack, get it back. Reinvest hope, wait, then I roll up my sleeve. Hey. All this weight on my arms need both flex. In this race, but behind need most steps. Had to show the learning curve, hope I don't crash. Hit your nerves when reserves got low cash. When I fail, realize that it won't last. You made it through in the past, just Look back, successful list. You can see how the contrast fires and wins. Use the past and the bounce back. You can never win if you never go and do it. Failure is a hard road, rarely ever cruising. Embracing all my wins with a handful of losing. Expect the drought season when the plan's going fluent. I can never really feel it's all how you view it. It's all a lesson, just depends how you use it. Get all the data and keep it all exclusive. Never ending journey in the growth is therapeutic. My identity is not in what you see. I am the better me. Mistakes others make, I see. Have a teacher me. Compare yourself to others is an insult to tragedy. We will make unique, gotta use again collectively. Broke down my goals in a few little Toastum. Can't take them back cause you already spoke em. Easily regressive, you don't stay focused Focused, live between success and your moments Successfulish Another day, another task, think fast with a whole nother mission complete I'm successfulish Pick up the weight, press on, and act on the visions to see I'm successfulish Sit back and bask in the glory of all the goals I achieve Successfulish Lose a stack, get it back, reinvest, hope, wait, then I roll up my sleeve I'm successfulish Another day, another task, think fast with a whole nother mission complete Successfulish Pick up the weight, press on, and act on the visions to See, I'm successfulish. Sit back and bask in the glory of all the goals I achieved. Successfulish. Lose a stack, get it back, reinvest, hope, wait, then I roll up my sleeve.